How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 122 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode, we're talking about what to sow, what to plant, and other jobs that we could be doing in May. So, I suppose all spring we've been doing, you know, little bits and pieces, sowing seeds, getting our prep ready, and, and doing all that sort of thing. April starts starts to gather a little bit of pace. Uh, depending on the year, that pace can get quicker or in this year where we've had quite a cold spring we've had lots of dry weather okay but we definitely have had you know a relatively cold spring here anyway and even up to this week we've had frosts on two or three nights and you know we've covered episodes over the coming over the last couple of weeks of how to protect your plants this spring and that still needs to be you sort of need to adhere to that a little bit but as we go into may Depending on where you are, you should start to see the end of the cold and the end of these frosty nights. Now, for us here, we could still see them for another two to three weeks, possibly, and we just have to keep an eye on that. But generally, no matter where you are at this stage, the ground is definitely starting to warm up. And particularly as we start to get to the middle of May and towards the end of May, pretty much anything that you want to sow outside can be sown and you know that's that's when there's a lot of work to be done this month between planting out and sowing into into the beds and then obviously grow to start and so there's other jobs you know lawns to be mowed and hoeing to be done around your borders um all of that sort of thing so there's lots going on and after may passes then everything starts to chill out a little bit and relax down a little bit again because all of that main body of work is done and all the prep work is done and now you're getting a lot of stuff into the ground and you're waiting for the growth the real growth to start coming and then hopefully you'll start to enjoy your your harvests or your blooms or whatever the case may be so yeah we're going to look firstly at what we're going to sow this month and you know outside now up until now we've been pretty much talking about inside sowing we mentioned for april that you could possibly towards the end of the month contemplate um depending on where you were getting outside to sow but this month we definitely can and again depending on your area that might be almost straight away or it might be later in the month but for the for the month of may we can start uh, in terms of our in, in terms of our vegetable crops we can start to get sowing outside and things that can be sown outside this month any of your successional sowing, you can you can start uh, your first sowing outside of those. So I'm talking about spinach, um, talking about rocket, you know things like that. They can all get sown outside now. We can sow peas outside now, keeping an eye on those. Just with with um, keep the ground a bit warm if you can. If you're able to have a bit of frost fleece at the ready just at the off chance you know after after they germinate that you get a, a touch of frost so keep an eye on those but but peas can be sown um for me now i won't sow peas outside for another few weeks but i will be doing it this month your early carrots can go into the ground now as well as parsnips uh, early carrots will go in so if you can at all use an early variety there uh, parsnips it doesn't really matter you're going to have them sort of long term anyway and you'll probably do a couple of sowings but for the for the first sowing of carrots use the early variety and that'll get you you know get you that you'll be able to harvest a bit a bit earlier with those later on in the month then you might actually add say a main crop carrot 
a sowing of a main crop carrot and then you can do the, you can you can repeat that again the following month the other things that can be sown outside so carrots parsnips uh, radishes as part of your successional sowing with the spinach with the rocket um beetroot then we can also sow you know for example milan purple top turnips i'll be sowing those outside uh swedes you can do a sowing directly into the ground at this time and and they're all you know outside sowing so you can see now we're starting to get for the first time starting to get outside and sowing in a in a in a real way up until now we've been sowing indoors or we've been raising plants indoors and that's this is the beauty of if you're able to raise some plants indoors in terms of your food production because now we can start planting out and that's the next part of what we want to talk about so these seedlings that you've been raising that you've been getting ready they can all get planted outside now or the majority of those can get planted outside now and with the sowing of the seed you're waiting for you know a, a good few weeks maybe a week or so for germination and then a good few weeks after that for for the different harvests depending on which which vegetable we're talking about but by having these plants ready and on the go you're getting them into the ground now planted outside and it's just going to mean that you're going to have a harvest of some sort a lot quicker so that's a really you know that's a really prime example of why we start getting these seedlings even if you don't have a polytunnel or somewhere to sow them indoors you have these plants ready to go and ready to get planting out into the ground the big temptation at this time of the year if you're not raising your own seedlings is to go to your garden center this time of the year buy your trays of veg plants and you're going to buy you know maybe a tray of cabbage a tray of cauliflower a tray of broccoli a tray of lettuce you're going to plant them in fill your beds and you're going to have your vegetables in say from six weeks time to maybe 10 weeks time depending on what we're talking about the downside of that in that way is that once they're all harvested then you're finished so just make sure that you're setting yourself up to have some crops coming all the time so rather than going out and buying you know a whole load of stuff maybe when you get your your tray of cabbage you might interplant it with a little bit of spinach you know so that you're getting some kind of continuity and you're starting to build in a little bit more um a little bit more longevity into your into your vegetable harvest especially if you're, if you're getting if you're getting started for the first time so planting planting outside now pretty much uh, anything that we've been growing inside so we're going to pl plant out our cabbage our broccoli our cauliflower calabrese uh, swedes lettuce spring onions or scallions whatever you're, you want to call them yourself um spinach if you're if you're growing those in in cells i don't really grow spinach in cells even though you can in multi-cells uh, so i've been sowing them directly into the ground in the tunnel and now outside i'll start sowing them directly into the ground towards the middle of the month um, so that's how i'll make sure i have a little bit of spinach all the time by sowing directly into the ground but if you if you're not if you don't have a polytunnel or a glass house and you want plants to go outside now you, you know you get them sowed early and then they're available to plant out in terms of potatoes because i know some people are still still don't have their potatoes in the ground i only really put mine in the ground the main crops last week um so it's still not too late in fact around here i've seen potatoes planted as late as the middle of june and they have turned out to be fine crops so again it has been a cold spring and you're looking for that ground to be nice and warm when you get the potatoes in. 
I know other people in different areas have them sold a lot earlier. So, but if you haven't got them done yet, it's still not too late. So if you want to plant potatoes, yeah, loads of opportunity this month to do it. So for the whole month of May, get your main crops. The earlier parts of the month, even you could get some of your secondaries and get those in and you will definitely have a good crop this year. Just beware if you're if you're new to it, that by planting main crops, you will definitely um, and even secondaries, you definitely encounter probably potato blight at some stage. You need to be prepared for that. Um, you know, with some of the first dairies, if you're able to get them in early enough, able to protect them and get them growing, potentially then you'll have them out of the ground before there is any blight. But if you're if you're only going at it now, we're looking at second dairies for the first part of the month and then main crops. And unless you're using a blight resistant variety, of which there are there are some, um, but if you're using certainly an, an an ordinary variety, then the likes of a rooster or a record or a care pink, you know, any of those sort of traditional varieties, then blight will potentially be a problem for you later on in the year and you just need to watch that and be prepared for that ahead of time. Then outside, um, in terms of flowers, so again, we may have been sowing some flowers inside. I know I know for me I've some sunflowers started inside, some cosmos, um what else have I? A few different types of flowers. Basically from now on you can start sowing some of these directly outside and it's a really great way of getting particularly with the annuals of getting a great blast of colour into existing beds. So if you have beds, you know, perennial borders maybe with little gaps in them, or even traditional shrub beds that, you know, you want to you want to add a sort of a splash of colour to, then by sowing, direct sowing sort of annual flowers at this time of the year, you're going to have great flower there for the next couple of months. And the flowers that you can sow out directly at this time of the year are things like cosmos, marigold, zinnias, cornflowers, nasturtiums. I'll even sow a little bit of sweet pea, miscabiosis, uh, nigelia, just loving the mist. And all of those you can sow directly into in, into the ground outside pretty much from now on. Certainly from the middle of the month, you can you can sow those outside and they'll give you flower. Um, they'll give you flower, you know, later on in the summer and, and into the autumn. So they're going to you're going to get a long time out of that. Cosmos, to be fair, is one of the best. You know, it just gives you such a long flowering period, such a big blast of color. So you get a lot of flower on a plant and yet are really easy to grow and just as i say get them in this month you know any of those you know we spoke about it last week on the on the grow your own veg course if you're if you're getting started with growing veg and your garden is pretty basic at the moment and you're you know an open garden with um with not much going on in terms of flowers and you land in your vegetables there, the very first thing that's going to happen is once they start growing is that green fly are going to flock to that. So really what you want to do, and this is where all these, you know, sowing these annual flowers are very useful. So if you have a big bed or you have several veg beds, it is a great idea to randomly mix flowers through them or create blocks of flowers. So if you have four or five beds, put flowers into, into the middle one. And that's going to attract in basically beneficials so hoverflies wasps um, and all of those and they will come to the area ladybirds they'll come into that area for the flower you'll attract them in 
And then when your veg crops, you know, your salads and so on, your spinach and your lettuce start to get going, the predators are going to be there to take care of the aphids that will inevitably arrive when we get the, the warm weather later on. So if you're still at the setup stage of your garden or you're starting to plant out for the first time, don't be afraid to mix some flowers through through the you know through the veg area uh, and adding flour to that will 100% reduce the the level of particularly aphid issues that you'll have this year so that's yeah it's something that you know we, we don't always do but I certainly saw the benefits of that last year and it's something that I will 100% be doing again this year the other thing that we can do now is you know, we've bought our, our, our daily tubers or we've lifted and protected our ones from, from last year and they can be all planted out now. And yeah, it's a good month to do that. Once the ground warms up, they should start to grow quite quickly and you should start to see, you should start to see your flower coming through, I suppose, relatively quickly. So other jobs then that we can, can do this month. I know this is a great month for getting in either a floral meadow or a wildflower meadow and there's a lot of debate still goes on about this and uh, a lot of confusion about this. So essentially, the look that people are talking about when they talk about wild wildflowers is that, you know, that floral, that floral mix with lots of different flower colors in it, lots of different flower types in it. And, you know, generally, it's that strong, vibrant, flowery look that people are looking for. And essentially, there are two types of, of mixes that will give that look. There's the, the floral meadow, which is essentially a mix of flowers, annuals and perennials, uh, some of which we spoke about earlier in relation to sowing of annual flowers outside, you know, the likes of cosmos, cornflower. Some of those uh, would be included in these these floral meadow mixes and they give really high color uh, and look absolutely beautiful. The majority of them will have. Some of them will actually only have annuals and just watch for that so that you sow them and it is only annual flowers. So essentially you're going to get this year out of it and then you have to start again. And then other ones will have annuals and perennials in it. So that mix will look totally different year to year. So say, for example, you have your ground ready now. And by ground ready, I mean uh, weed free tilled soil, almost in the same way as what you would have if you were going sowing a lawn. So weed free tilled soil. And now you have the choice to make as to whether you go with a floral meadow. So floral meadow, typically the, the, the good ones will have a mix of annuals and perennials. The annuals will flower this year, will look really good. And then at the and the, and the perennials will pop up. Some of them will flower possibly in the first year, but the majority won't. Uh, and then when it comes into the second year, the perennials will flower a little bit earlier and will flower for the whole year. But from year one to year two, your mix is going to look quite different because in year one, if you can imagine, the majority of your annuals will have flowered. And in the second year, you might be lucky and a few of them might get to self-seed and might get to come back again as an annual the second year. But predominantly in these mixes, you get your annuals flowering the first year. They, they die back. They don't come back in any great degree the second year. But what happens is you're, you get all the perennial coming to flower in the second year perennials and biennials so the the first year you sow it the mix will look a certain way and then the second year can look a little bit different but nonetheless it'll look beautiful and you'll get a mix you know anything from sort of 
15 up to 40, depending on whose mix you're using, 15 up to 40 different types of flower mixed between annuals and perennials. And they're generally mixed, you know, generally mixed about one third annuals and then two thirds perennials. So you get all the annuals in year one. And then, it, as I say, it totally changes over the, over the next year. Typically mixes like that, you'll get, you know, kind of three good years out of them. Um, potentially four if everything was right and then the the mix just starts to weaken maybe things like grasses start to start to get established again within that and the mix will weaken and you kind of really need to re- with those type mixes you kind of really need to restart again after the third year generally or fourth year um, depending on how well it goes and then the other option is a is a native sourced wildflower meadow and this is a is a different type of mix so you will get your annual flowers in it these tend to be a bit more resilient type of, of annuals so these are going to be annuals that are are native um to ireland in this case or whatever country you're living in and what they what they will do is they're going to be a bit more vigorous a bit more hardier and they're going to have a bit more of a survival instinct in them so those annuals will flower in the first year and they will generally set their seed and they will generally come back the second year. Even though they are annuals, you will see them again the following year because they're they're coming from here. So they'd be a hardier type, a hardier type annual. So the likes of in the in the floral meadow, the likes of the cosmos and so on, which will be there as a as an annual, they might seed, but the chances of you getting them coming back to second year or any great quantity of them coming back to second year is quite slim. Whereas with the with the with the native mixes, the annuals will be hardier and they they will tend to be a bit more resilient in the mix. You'll also get perennials in it, and these perennials, some of them will flower in year two. Some of them will flower in year one actually, but some of them will flower in year two. But then there's other seeds in, within that mix that it might actually take three, four, or maybe more years for that perennial flower to come in. So it's more of a long-term mix. Beautiful in the first year, okay, but but set up slightly differently. So it maybe is less aesthetic, uh, slightly less aesthetic than the floral meadow because they're set up purely for beauty, whereas the native mix is set up to deliver beauty over a longer period of time. So maybe its initial impact may not be as high, but overall, it's going to give you an impact over a longer period. This mix, again, should establish itself and should remain with a bit of careful management every year. And careful management is, depending on what mix it is, is cutting the all the scrub off once a year. So after the flowers have died back, you cut them once a year. Others, they might need two cuts year and year. But generally speaking, that's the type of management I'm talking about. It's... Um, you know, either one cut or two cuts. They recommended that these wildflower mixes are cut with a scythe. And yeah, that's it's a so that's the sort of distinction between the two of them. So no matter when the and this debate comes up all the time about um wildflowers and, and everyone perceives a floral meadow or that look to be wildflowers, but there is a bit of a distinction between them and it is it's important to know what that distinction is and, and what exactly you're getting. So floral, floral meadows, absolutely high impact, uh, beautiful mix changes from, from year one to two. And the general longevity of a mix like that is three years, maximum four. The 
native wildflower mix is high impact, maybe not quite as high an impact as the floral meadow uh, initially, but you're you're talking about long-term flowering here. So you're talking about, you know, es- essentially if managed correctly, a lifetime. So you're sowing your seeds and that's it. You do not have to do it again. Careful management, maybe if grass started to get established in it, you might need to control that with jello rattle later on in the year or something like that and a couple of cuts but essentially some small level management and that mix is going to be there for all time so again wildflower mixes floral meadows may is the perfect month to get those in and yeah definitely definitely worth doing that the the impact per square meter is is huge you know so if you were if you were using that uh, as against say bedding plants if you were you know flowering up an area of bedding plants the impact you'll get from either a floral meadow or a wildflower meadow per square meter is just huge uh, you just get really good benefit from it obviously in terms of in terms of biodiversity you're you're providing a huge amount of flower for for our pollinators and yeah it's just it's a, it's a really great month to, to get sown those other things for this month um, here in Ireland, we've had a long period of cold, dry. So it's been a cold, dry spring generally, albeit that we've had some days of really, really heavy, heavy rain. Like Easter Sunday, for example, was a washout, never stopped raining from early morning right through to late afternoon uh, and heavy rain at that. So. You know, there was a lot of rain on given days, but overall we've had a long, long dry period. And I suppose when you're when you're looking at that long dry spring with what was there all the time, pretty much an east wind all the time, the top layer of the ground can be very can be can be very dry. And that area where you know plants are down looking for water can be very dry. So if you have pots, uh, plants with plants in pots anywhere around the house you might think you know springtime we've had bits of rain here and there that they mightn't be too bad but they're almost certainly crying out for water at this stage and that's definitely something you should be doing water and feed anything that you have long term in pots at the moment for your for your seed beds before you start planting out either your flowers or your successional veg directly into the ground or your carrots or your parsnips or whatever you're going sowing into the ground if you have your beds prepared earlier uh, particularly if you're not using the low, no no dig system or you're on compost, if you're using the you know conventional system and you've clay beds prepared, tilled for a period of time, you, that that top of the ground can get quite hard, um, can get quite hardened. Might be nice and nice and fine underneath, but just before you go sowing seeds, just break up that again, give it a bit of a rake over and break it up, um, because that dryness. That dryness on the top layer is not good for seedlings, not good for young plants. So just uh, give it a bit of a root up. Um, obviously, water everything after you, after you do sow them, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of something to watch out for. The other thing that's you know a lot of the bulbs are starting to go over now. If you have the likes of narcissus in pots or out in the out in the garden, the temptation is. You know, after the stems and the flower, after the flower dies and the stems start to change color, the temptation is always to, I suppose, get rid of them because they're quite ugly looking at this time of the year. Uh, if you can at all, if they're in pots, uh, just take off the flower head so that the plant doesn't try to go to seed. Um, water 
and feed the clump of leaves. It might seem like it's a bit of a waste of time watering a clump of leaves. But if you do that, uh, they will die back into the plant, but at a much slower rate. And then they will produce, they will put the energy all back into the bulb so that for next spring you'll have seriously good flowers again. So that's just something to do out in the garden. You can do that, you know, if you have big clumps of big clumps of daffs that are gone over, take off the flower head. You can actually bunch them up together so that they, you know, they don't look as untidy if you want to do that. But don't cut them off yet. Let let that energy get back into the bulb. And that's an important thing to do at this time of the year. And other than that, it's, um, yeah, it's all systems go for May. So all your successional sowing can get going outside now. Uh, successional sowing is the, the, the repeat sowing of the crops that you'll use on a regular basis. And, you know, that can be at a spacing of two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. Um, outside your, your carrots, parsnips, all of those can get into the ground. We'll, you know, even the likes of Brussels sprouts, uh, savoy cabbage, some of the later stuff, we can start sowing those towards the end of May. Um, and for, you know, for Christmas, we'd want to be getting sown those, you know, certainly towards the end of this month. Um, if we wanted to have, say, sprouts for Christmas dinner, then end of this month, early next month, we'd be we'd be doing that. You'll already have your carrots and your parsnips on the go. Um, some of your main crop carrots towards the end of the month and into next month, that'll be for your Christmas dinner and then your parsnips is the same. So, yeah, it's uh, all systems go. The growth has started. Um, all the sowing, all the planting out is happening now. And, you know, this month is going to be busy. Keep an eye out for all those pests, keep an eye out for late frosts and all those things we, we talked about for protecting your plants this spring on, on a couple of episodes back. Just again, watch that, keep an eye on that. They're really important and will continue to be for the next few weeks. And then after that, hopefully towards the, well, for some of you early this month, for me here, probably towards the second, third week of May, we should touch wood, see the end of, see the end of these late frosts and then you can pretty much just let everything get going and uh, I suppose sit back then after that not sit back but uh, relax a little bit the the pressure is off the stuff is in the ground and you're just waiting for everything to happen so yeah it's a it's a it's a busy month an interesting month but a very exciting month in the garden and it really is when everything kicks off still looking at bedding plants uh, bedding plants in, in a lot of places and just again they're perfect we'll talk about hanging baskets maybe in a week or two um they're perfect but just watch out for late frost because they will get wiped out with a late frost at this time of the year and your as i say your your money that you've spent will be wasted and there's no great advantage if you're if you wait for a few weeks they'll still be available but you'll just get longer out of it at the end of the season so yeah again we can do that um but just don't panic a couple of weeks time um Composting then as well, we're starting to cut the lawn with a bit more, um, on a bit more regular basis. I think up until now, my lawn has only got two cuts. The last of those was a week ago, but it needs to be cut again. So you can see one cut got me through the last month, but now it's starting to get to the stage where it gets to every year where you have this weekly cut. So I'm going to start two things. I'm going to start using the compost bins again. Um, Two of the three of them are empty. Going to really start um, 
landing landing stuff in there now so green and brown equal mix of 50 50 and then i'm also going to be using the fresh cuttings the fresh clippings to keep down weeds and to mulch some of the beds um not the veg beds but the you know the the perennial borders and so on out there the other day everything is starting to come back to life all of the perennials are starting to peep up um some real nice sangasorbas that i got late last year they're starting to peep up. They're gone up, you know, maybe six or seven inches at this stage. So looking forward to seeing all those. And lots of those perennials are just starting to put on a bit of bud growth now. Watch for your dahlias. Now, mine are not peeping yet, but watch for your dahlias. Or maybe mine won't peep, as you might have said a few times. I left mine in the ground, uh, hoping that a lot of them come back. Some of them won't, but hoping to do. But mine are not starting to peep up yet. Um, but when they do, just watch out, as I said in the episode a couple of weeks back, watch out for slugs particularly, just wiping them off at the, at the ground. So, yeah, there's lots to be at. Um, exciting month. Uh, exciting month for me. Last last Saturday we had uh, the first Grow Your Own Veg course. Re- went extremely well. Uh, 13 people. Really, really good. Nice. Um, the, majority, the majority were either complete beginners or were... I suppose, you know, knew enough to it and everybody, you know, shared their gardening, what their garden situation was, and we helped them to come up with a plan for their gardens. And I think everybody left very, very happy and it was very successful. I loved doing it. Absolutely loved doing it myself. Uh, Really enjoyed it. It was a great day. We'll be doing a second. Just don't have the date yet, but hopefully by next week's episode, I'll be able to tell you about that. And yeah, It'll be in the next few weeks anyway, because I want to still get it out in time for people to have the opportunity to go and, you know, have their own veg crops this season. So it'll definitely be in the next few weeks. And as I say, next week, I'll I'll, I'll tell you all the date. So enjoy this month in the garden. Uh, get the head down because it is a busy month. It's probably, as I said at the start, the busiest month in the garden, but it's also the most enjoyable. Uh, everything around us is waking up. Nature's waking up. Birds are singing. Uh, everything is happening, and it's uh, it's a very very exciting time in the garden and in nature generally. So, yeah, as I say, head down, but enjoy it as well at the same time, and know that all the work you're doing now will pay rich dividends later on in the year. So, while it might seem like there's a, a never ending list, um, it will it will ease off a little bit next month, and and then you'll have all the all the stuff to look forward to all the veg to harvest all the flowers to to enjoy over the coming months so yeah that's uh that's pretty much this week's episode as always thanks for listening and until the next time happy gardening (music)